This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will, be, he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. Father, we ask that as I speak, people will hear your words, and that you will prepare our hearts uh, to hear more of your love. Amen. So, Advent 4. We're looking at Mary, and the lectionary takes us to the beginning of Matthew and Joseph's story. But actually, I got quite excited having a look at Joseph this week. There's so much in this story that is so relevant for us today and so helpful. The beginning of Matthew that we had read to us is from the perspective of Joseph, And often in the Christmas story, he's an almost also ran. He's, oh yes, well, he was there. But actually, he was quite pivotal, pivotal, sorry. So the story so far, Joseph and Mary were betrothed. Now, then, uh, it was much more serious than our engagement. It was a bit like being engaged, but it was a contract. It was a binding contract recognised by the whole community, and um, it couldn't be got out of easily at all. And uh, the couple were accepted to be all, all but the fact that they were living together, they were accepted to be married, so they stayed in their own parental homes for a year after the betrothal ceremony um, until they had the, the wedding service. Um, Joseph was probably a little older than Mary. He was, uh, he was a good man. Um, he was really probably looking forward to being married. He was looking forward to having lots and lots of children. He was well regarded in the temple. Um, he had a good trade, as I've said. He was a carpenter. He was in the line of David. And he was aware of the pressure to marry well and produce heirs, preferably Lots and lots of them. Life was full for them, and probably really good. Full of dreams for the future. And then he discovers his girlfriend is pregnant. When you read it on the page, that's quite a dry sentence. But actually, this was earth-shattering news. His world was shattered and broken, changed forever. And what should he do? Jewish law and family pressure 
would have been very clear. Mary should be set aside. He, he was absolutely within her right, his rights to have her tried and stoned to death publicly. But he was a good man. He was a decent man. And he decided not to disgrace her. He decided he would quietly call off the marriage. In his mind, he must have been thinking he has been cheated on. His heart was probably breaking. And he must have gone through a roller coaster of emotions. He must have been angry, frustrated. His dreams had just been shattered. But then he had a dream. And in that dream, an angel appeared to him and said, Don't be afraid. I love that phrase, don't be afraid. I did a quick search on that in a concordance. There are 81 don't be afraids in the Bible. And what that tells me is that encounter with God is not always a warm and fuzzy experience. It can be frightening. It can make the ground shudder under your feet. Um, and, And listening to what God has to say and doing his will can be very scary. The angel tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife, that the child she is carrying is God's own son, and that this child will save his people from their sins, and that he will be called Emmanuel in fulfillment of the prophecy from Isaiah. This news must have blown his mind. What, what would you have done? What would I have done? I I don't know. God had been silent for hundreds of years. The Jewish people must have thought he'd forgotten them. And and he'd forgotten his promises given through David and Abraham. Palestine was occupied by a foreign force, not always benevolent. And the Jewish people had certainly lost their way. But now here was God, and he had something to say. And what a something. Joseph can't have been expecting it. I wonder, have you ever had dreams? Dreams that might be from God? Do we actually expect God to talk to us today? It begs a question, doesn't it? When we pray, do we really think God is listening? And that he will intervene miraculously in our world and in our lives. He may well intervene in a way we're not expecting. But he will answer. I often know, I I often think that I'm praying and does God hear anything at all? And when he does answer, I think, was that him or was that coincidence? I think it's a human condition. When my son, Alex, who some of you have met, was in preschool, he got to be be Joseph, and there he was for, probably because he was the tallest. And um, in a vital moment, he got stage fright, ran off the stage, and left this very beautiful and fragile-looking Mary as a single parent. Hilarious as it was at the time, and a bit embarrassing actually, to be quite honest, I was sitting there thinking, oh dear. (laughs) 
And I have to say, poor Alex has never managed to live this down. He's reminded of it every single year. But this is the risk God was taking with Joseph. Joseph could have said no, just as Mary could have done. He could have walked away. But one of the things that struck me about this account of Matthew is that God is right there in the messiness of an unmarried mother and Joseph being frightened and not sure what he'd to do. He's there when we have to make decisions that are tough. He's there when we don't know what to do, when we make mistakes, when we're faced with impossible situations. We have choices, but we too can choose to dream God's dreams. Impossible, amazing dreams. Dreams of a God who is present and real in our lives. Dreams of God who will lead us right into the unexpected. Joseph was to choose love over law. He was told to marry Mary that the child she was carrying was God's. Can you imagine what his family might have had to say? Do you think he even understood exactly what was being asked of him? Joseph was obedient, but it must have cost him dearly. For him to marry Mary was for him to share in her disgrace, to be laughed at and to be humiliated and quite possibly excluded from the Jewish community. For a proud and esteemed man, that must have been about the most difficult thing God could have asked him to do. But he did it. I don't know if he sat and thought it through, but his relationship with God was changing from one where he would just be law-bound and do what the law told him to one of love and grace and total surrender. And because of that, he was able and willing to step out of his comfort zone and stick by Mary. It was a journey that would cause him to risk everything, his position in society, his position in the Jewish temple, and quite possibly the care of his family. It would also cause him to be in a stable in Bethlehem, It would cause him to have to flee to Egypt, leaving his home and all he knew to become a refugee, to protect God's son, the child he had agreed to care for. It would cause him to love beyond his human ability, and it would cause him to be totally dependent on God. I don't know about you, but often my journey in faith has been a little bit like that. No, I've never had to flee for my child's life. But allowing the Holy Spirit into your life can be unsettling and a bit of a white-knuckle ride. You have to allow God to take the initiative, to be in the driving seat. It can be messy and it can be unpredictable. It can certainly take you into the unpredicted. When I was exploring my vocation into ministry, I'd been quite ill and thought I'd be excluded on health grounds. But it felt as if God was asking me to go forward anyway. I had absolutely no idea of the journey it would take me and my family on. 
Some of the places were so wonderful that I wouldn't have missed them for the world. Places I would never have otherwise gone. And some places were dreadful and dark, and I wouldn't have wished those on my worst enemy. I met some of the most wonderful people who were deeply spiritual and who inspired me, who reflected God's love and compassion. And I met some of the most dreadful people who could ever call themselves Christians. Through the whole process, I became more and more aware of God's call on my life to go into ordained ministry. But the way forward sometimes seemed to get harder and more difficult. Each time I felt I'd had enough, the Holy Spirit put just the right person in my path to encourage me and keep me going. It was at times a real white-knuckle ride, going to Israel, working in a hospital in a war zone with intermittent access to drugs and electricity, travelling to Nairobi for the first time, the first time I'd ever encountered Africa, working with children with HIV, visiting slums, I was certainly far from my comfort zone. And it must have felt a bit like that for Joseph, asked to leave the safety of what he knew and thought he could rely on and strike out into the complete unknown and foreign, dependent on God and his grace and his love. I say this not wanting to discourage anybody from following where they feel God is leading, Because even in the darkest of times, God is there. And certainly my experience was to cause me to realise that the shocking phrase of the angel, you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us, was so true. Joseph would have known the scriptures. He would have known what the angel meant in theological terms when he was told, you shall call him Jesus. He would have understood that the passage from Isaiah was a prophecy about the promised Messiah, the one the whole of Israel was waiting for. But he must have learnt over the years what that meant. God with us is not a phrase you can theorise about. It means God in all of our lives. God with the prostitutes and the street children. God in the prisons. God in the refugee camps. God in the parliaments and courts. God with us when we feel lost and alone. When we don't know what to do. Joseph must have known the deep inner transformation that comes from a life spent dependent on God the indwelling that transforms action into prayer and prayer into action. Joseph, in our story, doesn't hold on to position and power. He doesn't worry about what others will think of him. He chooses to take the risk of life guided by God. We can choose to live that challenge too. It's risky and sometimes a little scary, but it's also wonderful I have never felt so stressed, but so blessed, as I have in the last few years. When all else is stripped away from us, our security and our understanding is gone. There is God, and there is Jesus who comes to us today when human possibilities have run out, offering new and startling ways forward. May we never forget that it's often from the wreckage of our greatest hurts that God often builds for us the greatest of his blessings. Amen.